I have some news I read today that'll excite you. Okay. It'll be old hat by the time this episode releases. But uh, Mr. Stephen King just dropped a new short story. Oh, yeah? It's called Red Screen. It says it's scary and creepy. Apparently, you can, I don't know if you can only get it, but he's promoting it on Hun. Never heard of this. Humble Bundle. Um, and all the money goes to ACLU. So it's like a charity thing, I guess. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what Humble Bundle is, but I, I guess I've if you... heard of it. I, I can't... I don't remember. I don't... Yeah, like, I wonder how you can read it then. I think it's, like, just, like, $5 is what I'm guessing. You can search it, but I did see in the comments if you're from, like, Canada or outside of the States, a lot of people can't get it, mm. which is a little strange. Humble Bundle is amazing. That just says games. Is it for games? Huh. I don't know if this is subscriptions. I don't know what the fuck Humble Bundle is. But regardless, if you want to read Stephen King's new story, uh, find out. I'm sure he has a link on his Twitter or something. He'll... Yeah, I'm sure eventually yeah. be out in a collection at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. But Red Screen, new Stephen King. Cool. I'm almost done with that. Everything's eventual. I took a break for a little bit. Somebody calling you? Oh, yeah. I heard the door open, like, and then your phone just started buzzing. Oh, very ominous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on silent. Oh, uh, but it, it's so it's just, you, that's just the vibration. Oh, the vibration. Is that a head you just pulled out of that bag? No, I didn't pull anything out of my bag. Yeah, I thought that was a severed head I saw come out of that bag. <laughs> Decapitated, or did you find it? You found that Officer, I found that head. <laughs> yeah. Found that head. Trying to find out where it went. <laughs> Trying to find out whose head this is. That's all good Samaritan. <laughs> but uh, what are you thinking about uh, about it so far? Are you enjoying the stories? Yeah, I think there's only a couple stories I thought were just kind of dumb. Like, it's not they weren't bad or anything. It's just, like, the one, I think I mentioned this in another episode. Uh, or just off air, just one like about a guy in a hotel that like was gonna kill himself or something, and he, I don't know. That was kind of dumb, and just some un, you know, not very memorable ones. But those were actually yeah. like the shorter ones anyway. But most of them so far have been really good. Um, fourteen oh eight was you know obviously one of my favorites to be going in, and then yeah. the uh, was it riding the bullet? I thought that was really good. I was surprised because I I heard of that before, but I thought it was just kind of like a dumb ghost story. It was, it was better than I expected. Is I that really... the one with, like, the mom and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I read, uh, even though I actually read this one a long time ago, it was The Man in the Black Suit. It's one of my yeah. favorite Stephen King stories. Uh, but so far, I am under the impression that he's a better short story writer than a novel writer because he can get I, to the point. I do like his uh, a lot of his short stories because they are very compact. Like, you know what I mean? You get that Stephen King bed in, like, a tighter format. I think the man was meant to be a pulp writer back in the old days. I mean, that's why I've been... Like, that's his influences. Whenever we was having that conversation with uh, Ash, that's, like, why I've been kind of digging, like, a lot of kind of his newer yeah. things, because they've leaned in that in in that way, you know. Not everything needs to be a fucking thousand-page slog. Sometimes yeah. you can have some fast-paced, short, uh, not... You don't need the characters always completely fleshed out, like... I'm a firm believer, and then sometimes shorter is better. Yeah. Like, well, like a guy like that, he has the bibliography, so you can have some shorter work, and it's yeah. fine. You don't need your characters fleshed out like to a ridiculous degree with backstory and history and the history of a town. Sometimes you just tell a quick, fun story. And too, like you never know, you can. Some people would rather read a couple smaller books of these characters other than like one big book that mm-hmm. basically, you know, that you get based, you could tell the whole thing in one big book. Well, you can break it up in, like, small, you know, yeah, and chunk. flesh out the characters that way, you know, and, you know, give you something to do in the next stuff, you know? I would be interested to see what his book sales are for the some of these shorter novels he's had. Almost like novellas, you said. 
like less than what 150 pages yeah because in this day and age i feel like those would sell better yeah like i feel like people because all the like that book that i read for the uh that won the booker award that uh at night all blood is black mm. that won the booker the international booker award and it is like 120 pages or something and they say it's a novel that's a, not even that's like a novella maybe so I think the old man in the sea was around two hundred pages, and that was considered a novella. Now, do, do you think that uh, if it was more than two hundred and twenty pages, do you think? I don't think it would have been. Yeah, the, that the way that was written, it needed to be short like that, and it was kind of repetitive too. If you took out a lot of the repetitive stuff, uh, it would have been like fifty pages. <laughs> but I just think like modern audiences, especially the young generation, do now. It's weird because like. A lot of young people like these big blown out series. Yeah. With like, you know, Harry's po- uh, Harry Potter style girthier and girthier books as the series goes on. But even so, that's like more still hardcore readers. I think the casual readers of, you know, the newer generation, I think they just like quick, fast, like to the point reads. They don't want to think too much into their fiction. Now I'm generalizing. Obviously, we, you know, like we went to that literati bookstore. I'd say most of the people in there were younger than us. Yeah. Uh, and they were getting some, you know, just looking around. Uh, I did see some YA books on some hands. I don't want to say anything, but I did see some. A lot of people were in the fiction, like the actual literary fiction section. Uh, which made me happy. Brings a tear to the eye to know those people are out there. Granted, we had to go all the way to fucking Michigan yeah. to find them. Yeah. But it is nice to know that there are readers out there. And I do always get a little tickle right up in my bum hole when I go on the classic literature group and I see, like, someone's like, I'm 14. I'm like, good for you, yeah. buddy. Hey, this dude just said he read Dracula. He's 14. That's awesome. That makes me happy because there's not a lot of... I was over 30 when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot. I wasn't reading Dracula when I was 14. I don't, I don't give a shit. I was lucky if I was reading anything. I, I was kind of fucking like, lucky to get down Spider-Man at 14. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what gives me hope for the newer generation, though. I think reading, honestly, I mean, I was a reader all my life, but I didn't get real serious until I was older. I think for most, especially males, they have to have their brain fully formed. You know, when you're like 25 to 27, when your brain finally fully forms, I think you better appreciate literature than you do when you're young. Uh, When you're young, you fucking like a lot of people read things like Twilight and think it's great. And then they read it again when they grow up and they're like, that was Dog shit. Personally, I thought even if I was six years old, Twilight would have been yeah. in the trash can. I mean, garbage. Yeah, I was reading high-end fiction. You know what? I want to end this cold open because we've been going long on every cold open for some reason. And I think the fans hate it. But, you know, I don't care. We pay the bills. They don't. Yeah. Until they we start. Just, we do- just paid a bill. When you mo- yeah, we did just pay a bill. When you motherfuckers start donating some money to us, then, and only then, do you dictate what we put <laughs> yeah. out. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. I was watching that thing about the Steve from Blues Clues. I'm yeah. sure you've seen that. He yeah. came out and everyone's like, oh, man, yeah, I got the feels. Watch it. I was thinking, there, these are all people that are my age. So you motherfuckers were watching Blues Clues? Yeah. I wasn't watching no Blues Clues. I was watching Friday the 13th. And- I was going to say, like, because I know, like, that uh, when I was younger, I was just just old enough to be like out of blues clues yeah like i'd be getting mad at the tv like motherfucker it's right there in the corner get it the book it's right there <laughs> but though i did watch it then was just kind of like it was like oh like nah see i was just like i think my childhood was different than some people's because i was watching like heavy metal you know like the, the movie oh, heavy yeah. metal with all the, the fucking titties <laughs> and like i was like six though i didn't think it was quite odd that uh 
he had to wear this like elaborate hat to cover up all of his baldness. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's bald, but uh you know, to people who like blues clues, hey, wholesome upbringing, awesome. That's not all of us had that, but I'm I'm happy for you that you felt something from the blues clues guys. Now if we got you know, like ghost of Mr. Rogers or Bob Ross, maybe I'd be a little excited. Yeah. Or you know, even LeVar Burton does something, I always get a little excited about that. Ever, doesn't he have like a Reading Rainbow podcast um, or I something? Don't, I don't think it's Reading Rainbow, but it is some kind of like reading or going over some like you know. Like, I think he has like a Lavar Burton reads and he just reads books, but I think there's like another one that's like Reading Rainbow. I could be wrong, probably wrong. I was like they should wrong. bring Reading Rainbow back. Yeah, they should. If he doesn't get that Jeopardy deal, they should definitely do that because uh, the kids need books and they need somebody to bring. And we're not the guys. No, they're not. They shouldn't be listening to our show. Um, I got a clip to play you. I can't play it for the audience because they've already heard it because technically it was on the last podcast. Oh, okay. But I took just the clip out. Now I'm going to play it for you after we uh, <laughs> end this. So uh, stick around, folks. We got a great show for you. That's what I should start doing. The, the radio. Old, the, the old talk the, show. The, uh, you know, I want to go to the first commercial the callback, break. Yeah. yeah this. Stick around. We got a great show for you. We got Matt Damon. Uh, he'll be here next week. We got Ed Mc... I don't know. Let's not say Ed McMahon. Really? <laughs> really? Ed <laughs> McMahon. He's probably been dead for 30. Like, what? And he's just the couch guy. Like, why would we have him on? Uh, I'm slowly uh, going insane. And we have only gotten a few of the Halloween submissions. And so I haven't had to go over those yet. So, because normally when I... I go a little loopy when I start reading a lot of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I imagine. Uh, anyway, stick around. Welcome to the Drunken Ben Writing Podcast. I almost sound like Paul Bearer. Welcome, Undertaker, to the Drunken Ben Writing Podcast. You don't have the jowl to yeah, give you that proper, like... Mankind, you know the power of my Undertaker. You've heard the news. You've had time for it to sink in. And now I'm sure your manager, Master Fuji, and Jim Cornette, they have to be scared to death! Death! Oh, what a word! Casket! Oh, what a word! The Texas Ranger, Chuck Norris! Oh, yeah! Yeah, that's really hard to do. Percy Pringle, and I don't forget, what's his name? Uh, Paul, not Mooney. No. Moody. Paul, I think Moody? Something Moody. Uh, rest in peace. He died a few years ago of, uh, bigness. He was a big guy. I am here. I do declare. I am here with Spencer, the Wichita Wiener Wiggler Church. Is my own, I hope? I don't think it's a Wichita accent. I don't, I don't know anything about Wichita, but you're a Wiener Wiggler from Wichita. And, uh, it could be your own. I'm, I hope it's my own. I mean, just, come on. It's 2021. Don't be so homophobic. Well, I just I just don't want to get in trouble just going around Wait. waggling into people's wieners. When you waggle somebody's wiener while they're, I would imagine, in the bathroom, how else are you going to get them? Like a public yeah. restroom. Do you just do the pinky up under or do you really go I, full tooth? I mean, yeah, I think you just grab. And well, just... that's yanking or cranking then. You can't oh. be. Wiggling's very uh, fine. Hmm. It's a fine move. Maybe movement. just like the. You need fine motor skills to get that wiggle on. Like if you're like really good at like 
PC video games, you know, and you got the uh, mouse yeah. and the, all the clicking and the finger wag. They can't see what I'm doing. No. I, I have two fingers that move good. There are other ones, if you notice, don't. Especially that pinky. Like, it just pinky, sticks up. Yeah. It's a little crooked. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Today we are discussing, because Spencer decided we have to keep doing horror. Yeah. I'm going to blame you for every uh, awful episode I come up with, okay? That's the new plan. But then they turn out to be great and I get all the glory. No, it's only oh. if they're bad. And I'm like, oh, last episode sucked. That damn Spencer suggested it. Mm. But see, I, that's the best part oh, of being I mean, in control. I, yeah. And I can just unplug your side over there so you can't even see what I'm doing. No. Can't even fucking... Well, I'm, I made it big. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you don't have your... All righty. So we are talking top 10 best scary horror mangas to read for the season. I guess. I, don't, I can't read the title. It's Sometimes right. I feel like you do these things just so you can show off some of your Japanese learning skills. Mm, pronunciation of Japanese. No, this uh, this first one's already going to fuck me up. M-I-E-R-U-K-O. I'm not going to pronounce that right at all. But uh, this is by... I should probably find the author, too. Written by Jennifer. Way to go, Jennifer. This is on... Uh, I definitely got this wrong because in the URL, I thought it said rightstufanime.com, yeah. but it's clearly right stuff just with one F, so right stuff anime. Uh, but it looks like it says right stew. I'm, I kind of like that better. I don't yeah. know who stew is, but right stew fanime. Fanime sounds better. I'm, Think, sure that, I'm sure there's a stew that's at fanime. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know the quality of this article. I didn't uh, read it beforehand, but I never heard of this one. Uh, also, if Somebody you, tells me we're probably not going to fare to a lot of these. Probably not. Writing tip for anybody who creates content online, if you're going to put something in list format, descending, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Do not start with one, people. Yeah. Uh, even if you're not doing best to worst, worst to best, people are going to think that. Yeah. And they're going to think, oh, this is the best one. And they might not read the rest of your list. That's a fun fact I learned in uh, freelance writing school. I didn't go to school freelance writing. I went to the school of hard knocks, getting paid $15 under the table per 500-word article. Also, I'm thinking about doing that again because I'm starting to really hate my day job. Yeah. So I'm like, just become a full-time writer. But like a struggling, no insurance, having living in this basement, and it's going to be really stinky down here, writer. So hope you're ready for that, Spencer. Yay. Uh, this first one, number one, Ichi. It is Miduko-chan by Tomoki Isumi. I think that's how you pronounce it. M-I-E always throws me off. Miduko-chan by Tomoki Uzumi. The newest release from Yen Press has made it to first place on our list of scary horror manga to read this spooky season. See, then they just fucked up. So this is the number one. Yeah. Why would I read the rest of your list if I know this is the best? Uh, by the way, the cover's just like a pretty young lady looking into Quiet. her phone, but then the... The picture from yeah. the actual, you know, from the inside, it's very creepy. Very gory. It's, uh, it's gory and creepy, which is what I like. You're not a big fan of that because it gives you the nightmares. Well, it's just the... The night the, terrors. The manga horror, they are able to do, like, it's weird. Like, it's, it's like, it's its own, like, form of horror. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's, I don't know. It gets me more than, like, any, like... Or in, like, any other medium, you know? Right, right. I don't know if it has to do with, like, the odd style or what. You know what? It is freaky. I got a lot of, uh, Jinju Itsu, or Itsu, fuck, I forget his name. I got a lot, I'm sure he'll be on this list. I got a lot of his book, like Uzumaki, and I got the Tomei and a bunch of other stuff that he's written. Very fucked up. Yeah. It, a lot of tentacles. Everything yeah. has tentacles mm -hmm. on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the newest release from Yen Press has made it to first place on our list of scary horror manga to read this spooky season. Title's too long. It follows a young girl named 
Miroko who can see grotesque and hideous monsters while nobody else can. That would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, the only thing she can do is ignore them and pretend not to see them. But as fear grips her heart, sweat drips down her face, and her body begins to shake. Sounds like she either got the flu or the big O's coming. Yeah. The question is, how long will she be able to pull off this act before they notice? This was Jennifer's review. It's an original story that is actually very much frightening. You can't help but get a little nervous for our little Miduko-chan when she encounters horrific creatures. I put this as number one on this list because it blew my expectations away with how spectacular it was for the first chapter. Interesting. Ooh, now this is a creepy looking one. Yeah. Number two, Ibitsu by Haduto Dio. Um, so Ibitsu, it looks like, kind of looks like Jeff the Killer, if anybody remembers that from the creepypastas. Like, the face is like this big smile with red lips and no eyeball. And she's wearing, like, a dress, black and white. I'll put this in the show notes, if I remember. I've been forgetting lately. <laughs> um, but I'll put this article in the show notes so people can, you know, follow along. Well, you know it's something when it's a manga and it has a warning label on it. Ooh, I like that. The legend says that anyone who answers the young girl that appears next to garbage dumps will die a twisted death. Well, don't go to the garbage dump yeah, for on your hot date. You're like, kind of asking for it. Yeah. Second on our list is Ubitsu, the classic horror manga about an urban legend becoming reality for an unlucky guy. A creepy doll like Lolita appears at night with the question, Can I be your little sister? No, you no, fuck you can't. No. Those who answer no will die, and those who answer yes will face a twisted fate worse than death. Well, that sucks. <laughs> now... <laughs> I kinda, though I kind of like that reading that, though. <laughs> now... If the Myth and Legends podcast has taught me anything, every time they do their creature of the week and then it has, like, the Japanese creature, the Japanese creature, the answer never works. No. No, yes. It doesn't matter. You're fucked. Dude. It's always some weird fucking urban monster lady, and if you say yes, no, you're, like, one will give you a worse death. Yeah. But you'll die either way. Sometimes the answer is, like, just run away. Like, usually that's the best option. But then sometimes if you run away, then you get, like, the butt rape dildo monster comes after you. It's no win. If you're if you meet a Japanese monster on the street, just fucking curl up on a ball and just let it happen. Yeah. It's over. It's over. <laughs> Here is Jennifer's review. I read this one a while back and I for sure had to put it high up on the list. The author did an amazing job at making this one truly terrifying. Dolls can be hella scary and this one will haunt your dreams. Make sure if you see this ghostly goth Lolita in real life that you don't respond as the urban legend goes. Some of them you just ignore them and they leave yeah. you alone. But I feel like I would have a trouble just being like, I'm just going to not pay attention to that. But maybe if you got the mask on now for COVID, they'll leave you alone. Yeah. Anti-vaxxers take note, or anti-maskers rather, both, probably the same people. Take note, if you wear your mask, horrible Lolita monster dolls won't come and face fuck you to death. Yeah. Well, you know, they might not even hear your answer, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're muffled. This looks like one of those cartoony, like those video game things they had like this anime video game that cover looks very fan yeah corpse party by makoto kiduin and toshimi shinonimiya shinomiya corpse party is a great name for a band yeah right students at the kizarari academy suddenly find themselves trapped in an alternate reality that is much scarier than their own corpse party blood covered manga volume one and this cover is two young school girls with blood and very concerned looks on their face very anime, like the big eyes, no noses, that kind of deal. Uh, well, the, they have a nose, it's just like a line. And then the uh, first page it shows is much the same. The timeless video game anime... Ah, see, I got it right. It was like a video game. 
The timeless video game, anime, and manga Corpse Party has made it to third on our list. A group of students regret staying after school on the fateful day the ground beneath them shakes and crumbles. They suddenly find themselves in an old and haunted school. They remain unsuspecting of the terrors that lurk in the shadows of this mysterious school and the dark history it holds. Um, before I read her review on this, I forgot to tell... I was going to send you the picture. It was like... I forget what it was. It was the first, like, Australian, American, English, some fucking white guy with, like, big mutton chops and glasses and looked like a hell of a dork yeah. from, like, way back in the day, 1800s, maybe earlier. Uh, he's the first weeb. He, he went over to Japan <laughs> and, he, and he took a picture dressed in full uh, samurai clothes, but still had, like, the fucking bearded neck head, like, nice. <laughs> like the neck beard guy. And I was like, how old is that picture? But I think, I think it was, like, from the 1800s or something, like, right after photography was invented. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, the first weeb. He did. He looked just, like, straight up Dorcas. Like, oh, man, it's great. Anyway, this is, uh,. This girl's review of Corpse Party. Corpse Party will forever be scary to me. I remember watching YouTubers play the game back in the day. And, oh, man, whenever they say back in the day and they're talking about YouTube, it makes yeah. me feel old as dirt. Uh, but she gets super paranoid when night rolled around. Uh, it's very scary. Okay. Ooh, this looks like a good one. I Am a Hero by Kengo Hanazawa. I like that cover because he's in color and the words I Am Hero look like to be written in blood almost. That everything else is just black and white and line work, not even like real dark uh, ink. And then the first page looks pretty creepy. A manga artist witnesses the beginning of the zombie apocalypse and believes he is destined to be the city's hero. Looking for an apocalyptic zombie manga? We got you covered with number four on our list. I am a hero. Life seemed normal for Hideo Suzuki until he saw a car crash into a woman. But instead of laying there lifeless, she got up and attacked the driver. Well, he probably deserved it. Maybe he was just seeing things, maybe he wasn't, but he knew he had to prepare for the worst. In Japan, guns are rare, but our main character owns one and even knows how to use it. Uh, even with a gun and a good heart, will our main character be able to survive the end of the world? I'm not going to read her reviews anymore, by the way. She likes all these, so... She's not giving very detailed reviews here, so... Number five. This is freaky. Uh, oh, I keep I forgot to scroll for everything. Yeah, sorry, Spencer. Well, the, you know what? That I am here. That looks familiar. Yeah, I think I've seen that in bookstores. It gives me like a Why the Last Man vibe with Kinda, the cover. Yeah. Ooh, that is creepy. The Drifting Classroom by Kazu Umez. I never see two Z's in Japanese names. That can't be a real name. Pen name maybe. The Drifting Classroom. A Japanese elementary school travels to another world after a massive earthquake and must face terrifying creatures. We don't have this in American fiction, at least not very often. And we've had a couple movies that kind of touched on it, like, you know, some apocalypse movies. But Japanese fiction often has depictions of earthquakes because they have a lot of earthquakes. Yeah. Uh, very bad ones. So, like, that, I don't know if you ever saw on uh, Netflix that I think it's like called Japan is Sinking or something. No. Uh, it was all right. It was fucking. It's like a documentary. Or is it a, like a... No, it was an anime. Oh. It was very depressing. Uh, Japan gets hit with a giant earthquake and starts sinking into the ocean, and everybody just fucking eats dirt. They take a big dirt sandwich to the mouth. They just fucking die. A horrible death. But um, they, I notice in a lot of different things, like what they consider horror has to be related to tsunamis and earthquakes because that's yeah. their natural disasters. Whereas, what, what the fuck is American fiction's natural disasters? Uh, I don't know, like shark attack movies. And just, um, like tornadoes. Tornadoes. But that's never like horror, really. I mean, Sharknado kind of I mean, combines some, them. Some places have, I mean, I guess only really California has earthquakes. Uh, 
You made snow. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, snow stuff. Rain, I could be, like, you know... <coughs> Flooding, I guess, would be... Yeah. This chilling and dark masterpiece by Kazu Umez has made it to number five on the list. A sudden earthquake caused an elementary school to disappear, leaving kids and teachers trapped in a wasteland. The children cry for their parents and homes while the teachers become overwhelmed and begin to turn on each other and their students. Observe as the young and innocent children fight to survive the monstrous creatures, insane adults, and cope with the lack of resources in this mind-thrilling manga. And that for the picture is of a poorly dressed man. Looks like he's gone a little bit mad. He's got some weapons. I think he just killed a guy. Oh, somebody actually. Yeah, that's that's pretty creepy. Ooh, this one looks like your alley, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, number six, Higudashi by. That's a weird name. Higudashi by. Dio Kishio 7 and uh, Karen Suzuragi. <laughs> I didn't feel like giving it the touch on that. I wish I get the touch. Karen Suzuragi. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the Rikushio 7 yeah, that... fucking threw me <laughs> off. Like <laughs> That's a weird name. Rikushio. Oh, I closed it out. Whoops. Whoopsies. But it's uh, the cover is just like another like, I, guess, I don't even think that's like a schoolgirl, but I don't know what you call that. She's like a frilly Miss Prissy Pants. Uh, and then the page just says, Nothing beats death stares and kawaii faces suddenly turning psycho. When Keiichi learns of a horrible murder in his new town and is faced with townspeople who refuse to talk about it, he decides he has to investigate. Here's a manga that'll send shivers down your spine. Number six on our list. Higurashi. A boy moves to a very small town. So small they combine all of the students from the school into one class. He enjoys his new day-to-day life and friends until he learns of a gruesome murder that took place in town. Whenever he brings the murder up to his friends, they avoid the topic and refuse to tell him anything. He finds out that more murders have occurred in the town and that his friends may not be who they thought they were. Uh, why's it got a lady on the cover? Interesting. More ladies. This Jennifer likes some of these lady mangas. Number seven. Another by Yukiro Ayatozuji and Hiro Kiyohara. I feel like we're really going Japanesey with these names now. Yeah. Like, oh man, because when I read Japanese fiction, I'm assuming the names are like Brad and John, like right. you know their versions of basic names, so they're not that difficult. But like when I I notice like a lot of artists and stuff, whenever I read their names, like I come across <clears throat> even when I look like a, a lot of writers and like Japanese uh, writers. I don't know if they use pen names or what, but their names are usually not very difficult. But then when I get to like artists and stuff, like if you ever notice, like most manga artists have fucking really yeah. weird, like just difficult names. I don't say weird because it's not weird to them, but it's like I can't pronounce the motherfuckers. Like, ah, oh, there's too many letters that shouldn't be next to each other. Another by Yukito Adasuji and Hiro Kiwa Hawada. Hada. Just remember Lucy Liu and Kill Bill. She said Katana. She's like, I'm like, there ain't that many ends in there. <laughs> like, she's just like saying too many, too many additions to that. Koichi starts a new school where students start to die because of a supposed curse, leaving Koichi to investigate before he too succumbs to the curse. See, I would have not uh, thought Koichi was a man because they keep posting ladies. Uh, the cover is of a young girl again. And the first picture they have is two young ladies. Yeah. Or maybe that might be the guy. It's hard to sell. He looks like a lady too, but. Eye patch. I don't know. 
The beautiful but scary novel and manga, Another, has made it to number six on our list. Koichi is a sickly boy who is finally able to go to school in his quiet and small town. On his first day, he notices something strange. A girl with an eye patch in the corner of the room who is being completely ignored by his classmates. Was she a ghost or a victim of bullying? His classmates tell him to stay away from her, but they won't tell him why. The mystery shrouding the girl, who he learns is named Mei Misaki, makes him more and more curious. All of a sudden, a gruesome death occurs at the school that triggers a chain of even more deaths. What is causing these horrific deaths, and how will Koichi be able to stop them? I feel like I, I said Koichi different every time I read it. <laughs> I actually have this next one. Oh, yeah, you do. I actually read this one, and I really enjoyed it. H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness adaptation and artwork by Goyu Tanabe. Tanabe. That was very well done, because that, if you read that story, right? It's hard to grasp the imagery H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft is trying to go through go, go for in that story. So I found the graphic novel really helped, like, you know, because that story was started off boring, uh, kind of. And it, I don't know, it's just, like, hard to follow exactly what was going on at all times, but the graphic adaptation was uh helped a lot i think i i really enjoyed it in january 1931 an expedition team travels to antarctica to find the previous crew all dead with no real clues as to what as to what happened to them bet you didn't know that there are some manga adaptations for hp lovecraft's works oh i read it like that i'm gonna read the rest of it like that though at the mountains of madness what you need to do is you need to try to read it but also have like the the japanese like uh, I don't even know how you do that. I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I'm gonna do that for the next one because there's no, uh, <laughs> no more Japanese names in this. But at the Mountains of Madness is the story of an expedition group who finds them, who finds something disturbing deep within a mountain. A crew of mangled dead man and dogs. But that's not even the most terrifying part. Not far from the bodies is a star-shaped mound of snow with the grave of a human underneath it. Uh, they also did. I think it's the same guy. Also adapted. Uh. I think it's just a series of H.P. Lovecraft stories into a manga form. I have that one as well. I just I don't think I ever read that one yet. Uh, that one's actually not as big. I don't I don't think I'll, I'll show you after the, the thing. You want me to read this with the hick accent? I mean, if you feel like you're up to it. Gaunt by Hideya Oku. A group of recently killed civilians wake up in a room full of weapons and are told to fight alien monsters. I don't like it. No. I don't like it at all. We get rid of our fans. This one's got a bunch of people with guns shooting up stuff. Oh, I think I, I think I might have seen things for uh, maybe the anime of this. Mm. One of the best cult classics and death game inspired manga is Gaunt's. Imagine suddenly awaking in a room full of strangers after recently dying. You're left wondering if this is heaven or hell. The group is given weapons and weird black bodysuits from a mysterious orb that tells them to fight. But who are they fighting? Aliens? Overpowered aliens? Not the Green Goblin look of things, but actual horrifying monsters that kill anything and everything? After being surrounded by death and barely surviving, how will Kai and his friends beat this never-ending nightmare? How are they going to beat it? I don't know. Come on. Mm. You gotta read it. You gotta read it. Alright, last one. Ooh. Ooh, that one's got a fishy on it. A bloody fish, it a, looks like. Yeah, that fish looks like he's seen some shit, too. <laughs> yeah, he does. Shibuya Goldfish by Hiroimi Ayu. I know I messed his name up. That's cool art also. I like that. It's pretty freaky. Massive goldfish suddenly appear in Shibuya and decide to start feeding on the human occupants of the town. I'm very disappointed there's no uh, Junji Ito books on here. So I'm going to have to look up another list to find some. Next episode, folks. Next episode. There he is right there. 
Why is he not on the thing? Sorry, I scrolled too far. Last but not least, fans of Ju- Wait a minute. Oh. Wait, what? What am I? Last but not least, fans of Junji Ito's Gyu should definitely give Shibuya Goldfish a read. It starts off as a seemingly normal day for videographer student Hajime Tsukiyoda until he finds himself in a strange apocalyptic scene. Giant-sized goldfish have suddenly appeared and they're preying on people in the busy streets of Japan. Hajime ends up in a shelter awaiting rescue, but as days go by and food runs low, how will he survive? Um, it's weird to include Junji Ito, but then not have him. Yeah. She follows this up, though. She has a picture of him. Here we go. I'm gonna, I'll read this end. She ends it with this. When you think of horror manga, a lot of you are probably thinking of Junji Ito's work, and were surprised when I didn't include any on the list. That's because I'm putting him well beyond first place and feature him in the spotlight. Ooh, she got a spotlight. Oh! Uh, okay, oh, look okay. at this. Yeah. Oh! Well, that's we good. need we need the fucking rap music horn though. We need like a horn. Or well, a this th- is probably good because if we didn't have this, this is gonna be a short episode. So who is this man? Some of you may be unfamiliar with him, Spencer. Mm. His name is Junji Ito, and he was born in Japan and was making manga as a hobby in his early twenties. His work was influenced by some of his favorite mangaka, uh, mangaka, mangaka. mangaka. I, I saw I saw an E when there wasn't an E, so I said mangaka. Wasn't mangaka. I like the word mangake, though, because yeah. it reminds me of book. You know what? We yeah. ain't gonna... That's where I'll include the throat noises we were talking about off air. Like, oh, some good old-fashioned book. <laughs> Sorry. His work was influenced by some of his favorite mangaka and also sometimes based on his fears and experiences. He submitted his first work, Tomie, in a competition that won an honorable mention, with one of his favorite mangaka being one of the judges. He went on to make many works and have won awards such as the famous Eisner Award. Did I read Tommy? I don't think I did yet. That's about like a girl. New to his work? Here's what he, you should start off with. The three big classics. I have all these, Spencer, if you want to get to them. Right. If you want to read them for Halloween. They're very large. Tommy A is about a girl so hauntingly beautiful that causes her to be killed, but she comes back to life every time. I did not read that yet. Uzumaki is about a small town being consumed by a curse, a never-ending nightmare of spirals. That is my fucking one of my favorite things yeah. ever. That was so weird. Oh my good, everything spirals. People were turning to snails. Like it was a fucked up fucking because it's like a it's a big story, but a collection of like short stories. Like mm. it's you know with like that overall narration, but like this girl lives in this fucked up town. But then all, each chapter is like this weird event that happens. Like one, everyone turns on it. But then it, you know, ends with them all coming together. And it's very well done. Giyu is about fish doing the impossible. Growing legs to walk on land, breathing air, and also killing humans. Fuck, actually that reminds me. I have his uh, adaptation of one of my very favorite Yukio Mishima books. Um, what was that book called? No, I don't think it is Yukio Mishima. I'll look it up in a minute. Returning fan, here's some of his newest English public words. Remina is about a planet that is approaching Earth and creating a doomsday fear in humans. I heard that was really good. Like this planet that just keeps reminding me of like uh, Legend of Zelda, Zelda Majora's Mask. Venus in the Blind Spot is a compilation of Junji Ito's shortest works, including Human Chair and the Enigma of Amadagata Fault. Human Chair just sounds like that. Yeah. would be fucked up. Uh, Twisted Visions is an art book that includes never-before-seen artwork as well as colored pages. And fan favorite titles. I really, really think I want to buy that uh, art book and everything else he has because I'm just obsessed. I'm a weeb now. You're a fan. I'm a fan. 
What is that book that I got? I don't. I can't remember. Mindy picked it out. I'm gonna have to go over there and look. It's gonna drive me nuts. The artwork for some of these, by the way, Spencer, are just amazing. Like just the grossness. Because you know how much you love black holes. Yeah. Uh, black hole. They do. You know. We'll definitely love these. But that that definitely that one with the um with the Earth slowly coming to or that other planet coming to Earth. That seems interesting. Yeah. Well, that's always, like, uh, because I remember always seeing on different, like, uh, specials on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel where they have, like, they have, they theorize in, like, you know, thousands and thousands of years the Milky Way galaxy is going to collide with, like, another ga- galaxy. Yeah. And, like, I always thought it'd be cool if somebody did a sci-fi story, like, based around that concept mm-hmm. and, did, you know, trying to deal with that. Yeah. But I'm too dumb to do something like that. Yeah, that's very difficult. Um, I was right and wrong. It is Junji Ito who uh, adapted this, but it wasn't Yukio Mishima. I don't know why I thought it was. It was No Longer Human by Asumu Dazai, which I think won a Nobel Prize or something, or a Pol- not mm. a Pulitzer. I, I want to say, because I, I read it, that, that original book, uh, No Longer Human, because I saw it, like, I can't remember if that won the Nobel Prize or not. I feel like it did, but I read it because it was, like, supposed to be one of the best Japanese novels or something, and it was not one of the authors I normally read, and it was, uh, I thought it was really good, but it was fucking kind of weird. It was like, the, I don't know, the guy's a jerk. Mm. Like, I mean, jerk back in the jerk days when everyone's a jerk. Um, so any of those, do you want to read, Spencer? Those, uh, any of those books? I mean, some of them seem kind of interesting. Some of them? What about some all of them? Yeah. No Longer Human is a 1948 Japanese novel by Osamu Dazai. It is considered Dazai's masterpiece and ranks as the second best-selling novel ever in Japan behind Natsume Suzuki's Kokoro. I don't know where I saw that from. That's going to drive me nuts, but I did want to read, maybe just because it's the second best-selling novel. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why it was the second best-selling novel, because I feel like no modern reader really wants to read that in Japan. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting. And uh, Confessions of a Mask by Yukio Mishima is better, in my opinion. But I do got the manga edition, so maybe I'll read that so I can remember what that fucking story is about. Because <laughs> obviously it didn't hit me, you know, impact me too much. If I, for, I read that years and years ago, but still. Anyway, now that I remembered I have all those Junji Ito books, I might just skip our whole novel reading process for a couple months and just go through all those because those have been sitting there for a while. And this is the perfect season coming up. Tis the season. Anyway, folks, uh, if you want to submit to our Halloween submission stuff, uh, time's a ticking. Actually, it just started. We only got one or two submissions so far because I only posted, like, what, last week? Maybe. And usually all the submissions come in end of the month, beginning of October. So I'm not really looking forward to being flooded with those. But if you want to, go ahead and send them. Can't guarantee nothing. Yeah, a lot of people have uh, fun with those. You can find the guidelines on drunkenpenwriting.com. Just search up, uh, just type in Halloween. I'm sure the fucking thing will come up. You can also follow us on Twitter at drunkpenwriting, Instagram, Facebook, drunkenpenwriting. And uh, Spencer on OnlyFans because they reinstated the porn part, so oh, now he's yeah. back with yeah, the... Bigger and better. You still the Wichita Wiener Wiggler? Yep. But by the time this episode drops, probably not anymore, right? I know. Uh, You'll well, be on to another I make location. A new, I make a new page forever. Yeah. So you'll be on to a new location, a new act of depravity. Yeah. <laughs> new new verb. Uh, anyway, folks, thank you for listening, and uh, check our next episode. It's going to be better. Is it going to be better? Probably not. Should I just add all those throw-up sounds now? Yeah. No. I'm saving that. I got throw-up sounds. Don't ask why. <laughs> Uh, but I'm saving them.
and I'm going to use them at the right moment, and everyone's going to probably just be disgusted. But I like them, and that's all that matters. <laughs>